0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast.
1: Dive beat Stop Singer. Toss on up the first. In time to get seven. Three run homer Robinson Kano off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad. And the American-
2: And Owen Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scored a sitting. Now,
3: here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Thanks for being here. I hope you had a nice 4th of July A uh, couple of days. I didn't call it a weekend, but I guess it wasn't technically. Hopefully, you had a chance to make it a weekend, but uh, it's Great to be back. Thanks for being here. I hope this is going okay. I'm recording this on my new laptop, and you may have to bear with me. This may take me a couple of these to iron out all of the uh, the sound mix, the volumes, everything else. I mean, I've recorded every single one at this point and on a my old laptop, so you get very used to The sounds, the mixes, everything else. So this is kind of all new, and we'll see. The good thing is, hopefully, at the end when I record this, I won't lose it all because the computer's so old that it struggles. So I'm excited about that aspect of it, but we'll see about the volume and how this all works as we go through it. But thanks for being back once again. This is going to be a good podcast, although we have uh, a couple of games that aren't as fun to talk about, but we'll do that in a moment. Then we'll hear from Mariners rookie pitcher, Andrew Moore, who was just great two days ago, and we'll talk about that in a second. So we'll hear from him. Uh, he sat down with Shannon Dreher, which is excellent. Danny Matthews, the voice of the Kansas City Royals, he's going to be here. Aaron Goldsmith, the chance to sit down with him. He was broadcasting – when the Pilots were playing in Seattle, so he shares his memories of the Pilots, which is great. We all know Nelson Cruz is an all-star, but the Mariners will also be represented in the Futures game. And Stephen Davis, the A voice of Arkansas and the Mariners organization, he's going to be by, and he has a very fun conversation coming up that you don't want to miss. So all that is coming up on the podcast, but let's talk about the games Andrew Moore getting the call in the first game of the series against KC, and we talked about what an opportunity this was for the Mariners in this series, taking on Kansas City, a team that they're fighting it out with in the wild card chase, a team that they won't get many looks at directly. This is one of the few opportunities this year. So an opportunity series after coming off of a nice two out of three over the weekend in Anaheim. And Andrew Moore certainly held up his end of the bargain. He was outstanding.
2: The 2-2. Solaire swings and misses. He rips through a high fastball well outside of the zone. That would have been ball three. Instead, it's strike three. And Andrew Moore, his third strikeout, seven strong innings here tonight against Kansas City.
1: The 2-2 on the way. Therese with a check swing. Does he go? Yes, he does. The appeal down to the third-base umpire, D.J. Rayburn, who makes the call for strike 3 and that will retire the side.
3: 8 innings of 5 hit ball, 3 runs, no walks, 4 strikeouts all on 101 pitches. You can't ask for much more than that against a very good hitting Kansas City Ball Club. Held the Royals down, but it wasn't enough as the M's fall 3 to 1 in game 1 of the series. Mariners just could not get the sticks going against Ian Kennedy. The bullpen finished off the M's. Uh, just four hits in that one. They played it without Nelson Cruz. So out their man, in the middle of the order without their all-star. But just not much going. Four hits and three of them from Danny Valencia, the middle of the order, very quiet. And the Mariners fall in game one of the series. Game two, they came in with the King, Felix Hernandez, on the hill. And the M's, Nelson Cruz, back in the lineup, had an early lead.
1: Pitch to Nelly swing and a drive deep into the gap in right center field, and this one is off the top of the fence. Here comes Segura, rounding third, right behind of Valencia. Valencia will score. Long single by Nelson Cruz off the wall in right center field. The throw in by Kane. And the Mariners have a 2-1 lead over Kansas City. Here in the bottom of the first, a 2-1 single by Nelson Cruz to drive in Segura and Valencia.
3: So a lead early, also some wizardry defensively. A
1: swing and a fly ball into center field and deep. Going back to the ball, Heredia, to the one he track, near the wall. He's there, leaps up, and he makes the catch up against the wall. His back crashes into the fence, straightaway center field. Guillermo Heredia with an outstanding catch, straightaway center. Alex Gordon is out number three.
3: Just a great catch by Heredia. Really an excellent play. Man, he's played great in the outfield this year for the M's. So a lead going into the fourth, but KC with three in the fourth, two more in the fifth. And Felix, his final line, six innings pitched, six hits, six runs, five earned. He did walk four, and the walks really cost him in this one. Five strikeouts and two home runs on 97 pitches. One of the home runs was solo. One with uh, Mustakis, he goes deep with a runner aboard, so a two-run blast. But a couple walks coming to score. Perez with a huge double to drive in two. And the Royals win the game, and right now they win the series. They win 7-3. to three. Danny Duffy coming off the DL. Bad luck for the Mariners to draw that. Duffy has been tremendous this year. Spent some time on the DL, but he's back. Pitching into the sixth, gave up just a couple of runs. So, the Mariners fall in game two of the series. Now looking to salvage the finale against the Royals as KC going to send a familiar face, a former Mariner, to the hill to face the M's in game three of the series as they look for the sweep. 7-10 first pitch. Jason Vargas will go 12-3 with a 2-2-2 ERA. He's been lights out. Mariners will counter with a lefty of their own. Ariel Miranda will get the ball. 7-4 with a 3-8-2 ERA. Mariners looking to salvage a finale. And then the A's come in for four. Then the all-star break is here. So the M's looking for this one, looking to pick up any momentum going in to the all-star break. as the American League, I mean, it's, wow. With Kansas City winning... So the Yankees holding down the first wild card. They're up by a game and a half on Kansas City, who's won three in a row, 43 and 40. They are tied with Minnesota, they're 43 and 40. They've won two in a row. And Tampa Bay at 44 and 41. All three teams tied for the second wild card, with the Angels who have lost three in a row, two and a half back. The Mariners now forty one and forty-four, three back, Baltimore three back, at forty and forty-three. Texas, three and a half back at 40 and 44. They've lost three in a row. And Toronto, 38 and 45. They're a full five back. Detroit, five and a half back. So, again, we've talked about it all the time. I mean, you're a four-game win streak, four-game losing streak from being on top of the pile or at the bottom of that pile. That's just the way it is right now. And the Mariners would love to put together that kind of streak heading into the All-Star break. It starts tonight against Kansas City as they look to salvage the finale. So in that first game, Andrew Moore was just sensational. He was great. Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with the Mariners starter.
4: Catching up with Andrew Moore. And, Andrew, it was just so fun to watch you go out last night. A lot of anticipation. That first time, we couldn't talk to you afterwards because it was right back down. (laughs) But uh, there was method to that plan and that you needed to keep pitching and it looks like that benefited you
5: yeah definitely uh, I know it's a you know really long season um with the two off days it was kind of just a roster management thing and it was nice to have a shorter outing I'd been extended a couple times before that uh the couple outings so it was nice to have just 75 pitches um work on some mechanical stuff and then um you know it's great to be back up here
4: how did you break down that first outing once you got past okay this is you know wow <laughs> and then okay I'm gonna come back and what am I gonna go to work at
5: yeah, definitely. Once you get through that first inning, that was, um, you know, that was kind of when the adrenaline was still pumping. But after that, it's just another outing. But um, yeah, I mean, just kind of, you know, staying in good counts with guys, then you're able to, you know, throw the pitches you want. Where, um, you know, last night the same thing for the most part. I was staying in good counts. Um, wasn't quite as sharp with the fastball command, but um, re- relied a little bit more on the off speed stuff. Um, but it's just kind of reading the hitters, what they're doing. Uh, That tells you everything, so, um, you know, Z did a great job mid-game kind of changing up the game plan that we had going into it, and, um, you know, he called a great game, and Stott had some good help um, with us as well, so it was, um, you know, fun to, you know, go out there and kind of shift plans and go out and compete.
4: And that first inning, they tested you a little bit. You know, they were going to run a little bit, and they, you know, some hits and put together. That could have kind of gotten you off your game, but you need to stay with your game at that point.
5: Exactly. That's that's a super aggressive team, both swinging the bat on the base paths, um, you know, just the whole approach. So, uh, you know, I knew I had to mix looks there, uh, especially Merrifield, where, you know, he loves to run, um, just like we saw in that eighth inning. Uh, I knew he was going to go at some point, and he just picked the right pitch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – You know, it's kind of tough to throw lineups like that where you know they're going to be swinging, Um, you know, every pitch, even early on. You have to be really sharp, where, you know, some guys you know you can steal a strike with in the middle of the plate, but those guys are swinging from the first pitch, so you really got to execute.
4: You made two adjustments. You made adjustments in the game plan, and also you were a little bit up early.
5: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was just a little mechanical thing where uh, my lower half gets going a little bit too much, and my arm's just kind of dragging behind, uh, and that's why the off-speed stuff wasn't very sharp early on. And then... um, just slowing my body down a little bit, help my arm. Just have that split second, a little more time to catch up and get that extra little finish on the pitches. So that's why, as the game went on, I was a little more sharp.
4: And that's kind of your touch point with that. That so you can in game.
5: Yeah, like yeah, exactly. It's nice knowing, um, you know, what the adjustment needs to be, so I can make it. Where, um, you know, I think earlier this year where I was struggling, we were kind of trying to find what the culprit was, but um, it's just a little slight adjustment with my lower half that. Uh, You know, I have a good cue to get back on point with. So, um, you know, it's definitely helpful. And Z was good about helping me uh, get back into
4: it. He had an opportunity to get to know you a little bit. You had some games down in AAA.
5: Yeah, yeah. I think he caught me once in spring training, I want to say. And then, yeah, he caught me a couple times in AAA. Um, And, yeah, he's really easy to work with, uh, you know, really knowledgeable back there. Um, So, yeah, it just made made it that much easier knowing I have, you know, such a good guy behind the plate
4: pretty good sized crowd last night people like their fireworks here what was that like to come out and see that
5: that was awesome yeah i mean obviously being up here is great and having a lot of friends and family but uh yeah i mean they were into it the whole game um they were backing us we had some um you know good opportunities but just couldn't get that one extra hit but uh, you know, that was a great crowd and, um, you know, fun atmosphere. It was a really special night.
4: I had to laugh. I heard the audio from you last night. You're like, I'm just going to have to get ready for Oakland now. I don't know much about him. Well, yeah. I don't think you know much about anybody you're facing right now. So what's the process for you?
5: Exactly. It's all, it's all pretty new. Um, I'd faced Solaire once in a minor league spring training game, and then I faced Ryan Healy back in college. But I don't know how, how much I can take from those. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they do a great job of giving us a Skyrim port, whatever we want, um, catering it to all of us, our um, you know, typical pitch sequences, our approach. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about them and um, hopefully getting back on track.
4: Lastly, it's the Fourth of July. What's what's your best Fourth of July memory growing up in Eugene, I believe it was?
5: Oh, just playing in all the travel ball tournaments. That was that was the best, going out and having a barbecue and then playing two or three baseball games and watching the fireworks. Uh, I think we'd usually go to Bend, Oregon. There was usually a big tournament, the Chuck Bafaro. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'd go there and Play baseball and watch fireworks just like now. I mean, as long as you can do that throughout your life, I think you're uh you're living pretty good.
4: Absolutely. Should be a great day. Andrew, thank you.
3: Thank you, Shannon. Now let's hand things over to Stephen Davis from Double A Arkansas. Stephen Davis joined by Trav's reliever Tiago Vieira
0: today. Great news for you. Yesterday it was announced you'll be pitching in the futures game coming up on Sunday before the All Star Game in Miami in less than two weeks. Congratulations on that. What was your reaction when you found out you'd be going uh, to pitch for the world team in the futures game?
6: Wow! Everything I wanna say, thank you first. And uh, wow, when I got the the, the big news, I'm got surprised because I never put like this this goal in my mind, you know. And when the good news coming, I'm I feel like really really happy. And I I just like call my family, call my friends, and they tell the good news, and they like it. it's good for me. I'm so happy that that moment.
0: You're always a pretty happy guy, always smiling, bouncing around. Can you take it up another level? Does this motivate you to take things up another level, that you're getting honored like this now?
6: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take this like a motivation in my life, too, because I try to be happy every single day, you know, because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I I try to enjoy every single day, and it's good experience for me and my future, too. You
0: get to go and represent not only the, the Travelers and the Mariners organization, but your country as well. There aren't many Brazilians that have made the majors; three, in fact. You get to wear that Brazil flag on your sleeve uh, on the jersey at the Futures game. What does it mean to you to represent your country?
6: Wow, it's a big thing, a huge thing, and really fantastic because for me it's a really important help, like the baseball in Brazil. And I put like the Brazil with the Brazil flag, and that jersey is gonna be really good for representing my country and the help for, like, the other players going to come from Brazil, too, you know.
0: How did you get started playing baseball? Because, as you said, there isn't much going on back in your home country.
6: Yeah, I started because, like, from, like, my Japanese guys. Uh, my friend, he's invited me when I was, like, nine years old, and he's taken me to the field one time, and I started, like, just practicing, like, the baseball, and I started in keeping doing it right now, too. When did you
0: think th- this might be a future for you, that it was something that could lead to a career
6: possibly uh, and
0: become a profession?
6: Uh, I think like when I'm in 16 and I, I started like getting better and better and better and the, the scouting in Brazil started sending the video for the older scouting reports and the, this helped me a lot because the guys see like a big talent in the future. And to me, you know, that's a good thing.
0: Talking to Travis reliever Tiago Vieira. So you come over here to the United States, Mariners sign you, you've worked your way up through the system. The last couple years you've really taken off and things have come together for you. What has been the biggest change for you over the last couple seasons that's allowed you to pitch better?
6: Well, I think it's helped like, I understand more how to pitch, you know, like just throw the ball at the home play because I learned like, command with my fastball when they using more my breaking pitches, you know my other stuff. So that's like getting better and to be consistent. You know Cats, like the pitch coach here in the Arkansas has helped me a lot. He's worked with me and keep work with me every single day. And they talking to me a lot too, like for getting better. And this, is the, the thing is, started coming in the right way, you know.
0: I know they want you to get better, but consistency is also an important thing, especially that they know you're going to do what you expect to do when you come into a game. You've done that a lot more in recent appearances. What have you been doing over the last few weeks that's allowed you to be more successful?
6: Yeah, that's the, the big point, like, be consistent. I just try to get there, like, uh, throw pitch by pitch, you know, and, like, stay aggressive all the time, you know, because that's how I pitch, that's how it works for me. So I put in my mind, like, it doesn't matter, like, how the score or the situation in the game, just to come there and to try to help the team win, you know, that's more important and to give you 100% every single day and uh, the results coming.
0: Is that the goal then for the rest of this season? Just help this team, whatever team you're on,
6: win games and things will fall in place? Yeah, yeah. My big my big goal is right now, like I'm here in Double ai am going to help the team Like make the playoffs because it's good. It's really important for every player in the team and organization. So I'm going to give my best for helping the team and everybody else, you know.
0: All right, before we let you go, you're in Little Rock this summer. Have you found any good places to eat?
6: Any Brazilian food around here? <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. I have to find food. Try some team, but I don't have much time, you know, so I just eat like normal food. <laughs> do, you, do you cook for yourself? Uh, Sometimes, but not not that really great. <laughs> all right, Tiago, thanks
0: for the time. Congratulations again on the Futures game.
6: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all for support. And Aaron
3: Goldsmith with Danny Matthews.
2: Denny, this is a conversation we've been wanting to have for a long time. There are not many guys in baseball right now who can speak to calling games against the Seattle Pilots, but you are one of them, Denny, Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Kansas City Royals. 1969, two expansion ball clubs, the Pilots and the Royals. What are your memories of that series, especially early in the season at Six Stadium?
7: It was a one-game series. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Believe it or not, the Royals' first road trip in history Consisted of four games in Oakland, including a doubleheader, after which we flew into Seattle, played on a Monday night. I think it was about 43 degrees and mist and rain and ugly. And a buddy of mine who I played against in high school and college happened to be pitching for the Mariners. Well, the Pilots, <laughs> later the Mariners. Marty Patton was the pitcher. So uh, from Seattle, we went to Chicago had Tuesday off and played Wednesday afternoon against the White Sox and went home. So how about that road trip? Four games in Oakland, one in Seattle, one in Chicago. And remember, that was the first road trip ever. Those are scheduled games. There's no <laughs> no doubleheader makeups or anything.
2: What can you tell us about Six Stadium? Because right now, it's a home improvement
7: store. <laughs> <laughs> well, it needed improvement then, so that's very appropriate. It was a minor league ballpark. It was very cozy and it looked very much like a minor league ballpark, but uh it was fine for what it was and I remember we came into Seattle three times. We came in in April, we came in in July, we came in in September, and when we came in in September, oh lo and behold, we looked out over the fence, and there was Mount Rainier. We hadn't seen it in the first first two trips in, so that was kind of cool. That was a Sunday afternoon that was the final game between the Royals and the Seattle pilots now. Did you know that Mount Rainier was there? Were you aware of this your first two trips and just knew that the clouds were covering it? No, nobody knew that. We were amazed. And it was during batting practice, all of a sudden, the low clouds rolled away and everybody looked and everybody stood there for four or five minutes just admiring it. It was, it was a, a revelation. It was fun. Denny, do you remember the feelings around the league
2: when all of a sudden, The Royals are going into their second year as a franchise, and now the Pilots are one and done. Can you remember kind of the sentiment around baseball, the surprise that the
7: Pilots were done after one season? Especially the Royals people, and we loved coming to Seattle. Most of us had never been here, so yeah, it was a disappointment, and we couldn't figure out why we learned later about the finances and all that, but uh, yeah, it it was a disappointment, very much so, because this is just a wonderful area, and like I said, none of us had ever been here, and we were really really amazed by what what is out here so the pilots leave
2: they turn into the milwaukee brewers seattle goes baseball list at least to the major league level for some time until 1977 the mariners begin their inaugural season they fire things up inside the Kingdom and in kind of late April, the Kansas City Royals made their first trip to the Kingdom. George Brett was in his second All-Star season, was leading off at third base for Kansas City. What do you remember about
7: walking inside the kingdom for the first time? I remember how everything echoed, <laughs> and especially if there wasn't anybody in there. It was odd. It was different. But we knew we were going to play. That was the, the one advantage, <laughs> so such as it was. But, uh, yeah, the kingdom was... I think somebody called it warehouse baseball, maybe. But it was okay for what it was. But the new ballpark is sensational. So it occurs to me that I've had a chance to broadcast baseball in Seattle in three different ballparks.
2: Denny, a couple of years ago, the Mariners were in Boston at Fenway Park. Robinson Cano hit a home run that vaulted him as the all-time leading home run hitter among American League second basemen. The man he passed, Joe Gordon, Hall of Fame second baseman for the Yankees and the first-ever manager for the Kansas City Royals. He was one and done, kind of like
7: the Pilots. What do you remember about Joe Gordon? He was a wonderful guy. Uh, He was a terrific baseball player. My broadcasting partner was Buddy Blatner, who was my dad's age. I was 24, I think, when I started, right out of college, basically. And Cedric Tallis and Buddy Blatner came together from the California Angels. Oh. Cedric was director of stadium operations. He was named Royals general manager. Buddy Blatner came with Cedric, but he was from St. Louis. So coming back to the Midwest was a natural thing for him. And so Joe Gordon was the manager because Cedric Tallis twisted his arm hard enough so that Joe would manage the first year. And that was their agreement. Joe said, okay, I'll do it, Cedric, but it's only going to be for one year. And he just wanted a guy who was going to be easygoing, accommodate the players, a player's manager, but a really smart guy and fun to be around. Uh, And Joe Gordon was a perfect manager for the Royals, who won. This is easy to remember. First year, 69. How many games do you think the Royals won? 69. So 69 and 69, they were on their way. And the Royals finished ahead of the other expansion team, whoever that was. <laughs> and I think the other team we finished in front of were the White Sox. So a pretty nice expansion team and, uh, and a really good start. Denny, this has been a lot of fun. We really appreciate the memories, the stories, and your insights, especially about the pilots. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. And I'm sorry I called them the Mariners, but, hey, that was just a Freudian slip. Sorry about that. But we did play in Six Stadium, which was aptly named. <laughs> okay, picture this.